This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Well, hello and welcome. This is indeed The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, and I'm filling in for Richard. I am the mighty Aphrodite. Richard is away, and he has left me with the keys to the store. And so, you know, I'm going to unlock some doors, maybe lock a few behind me. I don't know what's going on tonight. Uh, over here, on the other side of the glass, we have willpower, which is, I wish I had willpower <laughs> for, you know, dark chocolate and salt and good things like that. He's working in master control. And you can call me the mighty Aphrodite. And over here, we have Albert in studio. But you can call me Mrs. Serrett. <laughs> well, actually, there's another Mrs. Serrett, and she's in Brantford, and I say hello to mom in Brantford. So please, hello, Welcome. And I will leave uh, the talk about deep state and shadow governments and JFK to the master. That's Richard. These are all fantastic topics. I'll talk about them next week. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, those topics have kept me up at night listening my whole adult life. Uh, and I've always loved late night talk radio. Uh, the world just seems quiet and it's only you listening to this lone voice reaching out to you. It's so intimate and so personal. So I'll try to connect with you uh, and make it as personal as I can. Uh, we will speak shortly uh, and reach out to Melbourne, Australia. We have a, we'll talk with a, a, a young, modern, professional person that calls herself an e- evil eye remover. She's also psychic. And in the second hour, a dream analyst, author and researcher, Craig Webb. But first, I'd like to uh, provide two shout-outs before we move full steam ahead. Uh, there is this young boy from Denver, Colorado, who is a fan of Richard and this show. Hello, Callum. Hi, sweetie. I've heard you have beat cancer, and you will soon be off chemo. And we are so happy here for you. This is fantastic news. You have fought very, very hard, and we pray here in Toronto for you to be free of all illness and live a normal and happy life. Uh, I know your dad on Twitter uh, his handle is Mojo Family. He loves you so very much. So please, to whomever's listening, please visit, visit his Twitter page, Mojo Family, and find it in your heart to make a donation to their GoFundMe page. 
uh, and um, I did get your dream topic, Callum, so I have that ready to go uh, in the second hour. And um, again, you know, we are so very proud that you fought so hard and uh, you're now on the other side, on the, on, on the light side of your life now, and you have it ahead of you. So we're very, very happy for you, and uh, we're reaching out to you and giving you all of our positive energy out to you in Denver. And one more to my family in Vancouver, who I know is listening. Uh, your Easter parcel is in the mail. Okay, so let's just get that straight. Okay, so please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Conspiracy Show YouTube channel. And if I knew that we were going to be on camera, I would have you know, put something better on, maybe fix my hair. You know, <laughs> um, I know that we can reach 10,000 subscribers. I know that's Richard's goal and Albert's goal and Will's goal. Um, so let's do it. Let's subscribe and hit that subscribe button. 10,000 is a good, good goal. So uh, jumping off point from there. So I was, um, you know, I'm just filling in for Richard, right? But I have another job. I have many jobs. I wear many hats. And I, w- and I have a coworker um, who uh, is quite spiritual. I have two actually coworkers who are quite spiritual. Anyway, one afternoon, she wasn't feeling very well. And she just got wobbly, had a headache, you know, and didn't feel like it was something that was brewing. So she just kind of said, you know what, I don't know, I think I, I don't know, I think probably somebody sent me some negative energy or something like that. Um, and the other one said, well, you know, maybe somebody gave you the evil eye. And then, of course, that just opened up the whole topic. And um, she actually reached out to someone who she knew uh, in the community who could maybe remove that type of hex or evil eye or whatever we want to call it, negative energy, because I think I've been on the receiving end of that too sometimes. And I, you know, coming, as you know, um, through Richard's show, uh, I have a Greek family, my big fat Greek family. And we've, and I could have sworn I have, I have seen things wither and die as a result of someone staring at someone funny and like looking at a tree in a garden, you know, and you'll see this beautiful, beautiful plum tree and someone will say, wow, what a great looking tree. And then literally the next day it's like dead. Like branches and pears and fruit are all on the ground and they're wilted. I think, what happened there? How did that happen? I mean, it's happened with some family members as well where you, you know, you get this blinding headache and nausea or something and then you're down and out for the count. Or maybe, and I've seen it happen, and the, and the co-worker in front of me, same thing. So she reached out to a family member and uh, they called up and you could see her suffering that indeed that it was something that maybe had come, you know, from someplace else, <laughs> something that was sent through the ether into the universe and directed at her. I don't know. These things are very curious to me. And, you know, there's been a lot of news pegs as well lately about that kind of phenomenon where people are, are sourcing areas that maybe they shouldn't be reaching into and discovering things that they shouldn't go in. I don't know. I think that, that, isn't ha- I think I've read that the Vatican, too, they, they've now um, um, el- encouraged more priests to, to learn uh, the rites of the exorcism, and they've put more uh, emphasis on that. I think they've, they've encouraged that now as well. And I think a lot of young people have left rebellious. I think their, their new way of rebelling against their families are reaching out to, like, the dark arts kind of thing. And so, and they're delving into these kind of areas. It was a news peg that I read as well. And I thought that that's a strange, strange way to rebel against your family. But they are like, there's a whole Satanist clubs now. And there's like, all sorts of other things that are happening out there with the youth. And um, 
uh, and I thought, well, this could be an interesting topic because if it is affecting um, this young, new culture that's coming up and we don't have um, uh, anywhere else to go to in terms of trying to figure out the world, uh, sure, they're being influenced negatively. And so now they're, you know, it's seeping from them. It's coming out from them. So I'm thinking... Let's reach out. Let's figure out. Let's, let's see if this is something that is actually tangible that we can reach into. So I thought that we could connect with a professional. Uh, and I believe uh, she's joining us on the line now from Melbourne, Australia. Her name is Fotini Casaneras. And uh, let's welcome her right now. Hello, Fotini. Hello. How are you? Good. Hello. Nice to hear your voice. Yes, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for joining us all here. Fotini, can you please um, explain to me uh, a little bit about the evil eye? What does that mean? How does it, how do we, where does it come from? And where did it all start from? I know that just probably dates back, what, like 3,000 years or something like that. Is that correct? Well, I don't know all the specifics behind that, but it's been around for a while. So um, especially with the Greeks or with the Europeans out there, um, they they always say to protect yourself and wear like the evil eye, um, but it can be very strong. Like you said, you can go out one day and see somebody, and then the next day or within an hour, you could have the biggest headache because of the the energy that's around those people and the negativity. So it's it's really really bad. It does it does exist. It's it's everywhere. And so it, your experience then is that that you have. Um witnessed that you also are someone who can prevent it and remove it is that correct yes okay. i mean um i'm of greek back- background as well obviously so um we can wear the evil eye but i feel as well that sometimes it can't be strong enough and that's where i teach my clients that come to me to protect themselves as well so i always say to them to white light themselves in that manner right but so- when you've got so many jealous people out there, it's, it's really, really hard because there's some really, really evil people out there that get so jealous that if you've got something that they want and they can go to the extent and they can go to someone and they can put black magic on you, which is something sometimes can be very, very powerful in that way. And yes, I do know how to remove it. Um, I've been, I've taught myself how to do it, actually. Right. And it's a Greek prayer that I say. Okay. So and there's so- many, there's different sort of methods that you can do it because I've heard all different sort of types of ways that people remove it, but I guess I do it in a unique way that not many people um, actually see me doing it. I do it when I'm on my own. I don't like to have anyone around me because I find it's a private thing. Oh, I see. So, so yeah. tell me tell me some of this, this, the cases that you've, um, that you've worked on. I know that, you know, personally, um, and even, you know, even Richard, you know, over the years, we've we felt like there was some sort of, like... Um, Benevolent, I guess you know. Like, does a person is it? Does a person even who 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 gives off this negative energy? Do they are you, are they even aware that they're giving off the negative energy, or is this something that is it deliberate? Is it what is it exactly? Well, some people are aware of it, and some people aren't aware of it. Okay. So, um, there's like I said to you that the jealousy out there that like you could have a really good job, you could be in a good relationship. You could have a beautiful home and then someone can come along and put something in the home and everything can go all haywire. That's one way mm-hmm. you can put look at it. Or with their thoughts, they can put that negativity onto that person. So there's just, it, it's really, really bad. It, it, when I remove it as well, it makes me really sick. So people don't, sometimes people don't understand that, the, 
the effects that it can do to the people as well because some people get really, really bad headaches. And I as well, I can't take the eye off of myself. So I have someone take it off of me. Oh, interesting. Um, so even if you're wearing like an amulet or something like that, it doesn't always, it's not strong enough, as you were saying, so you need... No, a, it's not. Okay. I mean, we can wear it, like I said, being Greek, we can wear that, but it's sometimes it, it can be very, very powerful that it, it just, it won't be strong enough to, to wear that, that, the mati around your, like your neck or your wrist or anything like that. Right. So what are some of but the... Yeah, I've had, I've had, yep, sorry. No, go ahead. I was, I was just wondering, so some of the, some of the cases that you've, you've, you've explored, they range from children right to yep. adults yep. to businesses even tell tell me uh, one of one outstanding one in terms of a of a child because i know on your website which is quite quite fantastic um, thank you it's a really good one everybody should visit that and connect with uh, fotini uh, i know on your mm-hmm. website um, you talk about um, children as well like are your is your child unfocused are they struggling are they you know some children yeah. are bullied at school right and I don't like it, obviously, like a lot of people out there. And I find that the children are very innocent. And I don't like any child to suffer as much as what you'd be the same. Of course. So when I hear about these sort of cases, it upsets me. Even though I'm not a mother, I could just imagine um, the heartache with these mothers out there. There was one case that I went to, which was in Adelaide, because I'm originally from Adelaide oh. here in Australia. I live now in Melbourne. Um there was a 12-year-old boy that was bullied um, at school, so he refused to go to school. And when the mother, she tried everything um, to help her child, sending him to psychologists and and to doctors and all that, and he wouldn't budge. So she found out about me, and I went to the house to cleanse the house. And before um, I went to meet, like to start the removal, she asked me to meet her boy, so I went to um, to meet the boy who was playing um, PlayStation, a game on PlayStation. And um, when I got to the door, like to the where his bedroom was, there was no door there. They took the door away, which I knew exactly why, because they, they were watching him. They were scared he was going to do something in his bedroom. Oh. So I went. I walked in, and before I walked in, I said, "I said up above, help me out, so I can talk to the to the boy." So. I went in there and I pretended like I was interested in the game that he was playing, which I had no idea, like what you know, what the game. I knew what the game was, but I wouldn't know how to play it. And I said to him, you know, I'll come back one day and I'll play a game with you with FIFA, like the soccer game. And when I said that, he paused the game and he looked at me and he said, "Okay." So I kept my word and I went back in the week and I played the game with him. And. Um, so when I went to do the job, I went into the kitchen where I light up the Livani, we call it. Um, it's the frankincense and that. It caught fire. Oh, my gosh. Okay, hold it right there. Hold it right there, Fotini. We have a commercial coming up. Uh, Please, we're going to take some calls later on in the bottom of the hour. Uh, If you want to reach out to Fotini, please call us at 416-360-0740 and toll-free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You are indeed listening to The Conspiracy Show, but this is the mighty Aphrodite. And I'm on the line right now with Psychic Fotini from Melbourne, Australia. And you can reach her on her website, psychicfotini.com.au for her services. And we were just getting a chill up our spine as Fotini was telling us what had happened when she walked back into that uh, young boy's room. Go ahead, Fotini, continue. Yeah, so um, I went to start my work um, for the house and uh, um, I lit up the Livania, like I said, which is the frankincense, and it caught fire. And I stepped back and I looked at the customer and she went, what's wrong? And I, I said to her, shush, because I have to concentrate, like, to pray right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got my camera off of my phone and I started to take photos. So that night, obviously, I looked at the photos because I don't like to look at the photos when I'm in the house. Because mm-hmm. I look at it as a bad luck thing. So mm-hmm. I looked back. But obviously, when I went through the house, I did all the house and I left the house with the biggest headache mm. and I was I was drained from that like really really badly so that night I went back to look at the photos and in there I found that image and it was a face like the devil oh so um it rattled me a little bit I wasn't scared of it but I was aware that there was so much bad energy in that home but after a couple of months I remember walking around a, a shopping mall there in Adelaide where I'm from and I saw the family from a distance, and I was happy to see that they were all happy and the boy was out of the home, and, you know, that? it brought a smile to my face knowing that I had helped them in that way that I did. Fotini, the creepiest thing just happened. As you were saying, that the lights in here are, like, went completely dark and then they flickered back huh. on again, and then, and even Will Power's like, what is going on over there on the other side? I'm telling <laughs> you. He's like, I didn't touch anything. Albert's like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> now, literally, the lights are on and off. That was totally bizarre. So you saw the devil's face like oh my gosh yes, that's yeah oh my god I see a really bad image yeah it was really really bad and everyone that i show they freak out and they look at me funny <laughs> i think it's quite hilarious actually but i don't like i said i don't do no black i only do white right um, meaning that i only do good things on this earth um my name has a meaning which like which means light the light yeah. means light yeah. as you would probably know yes. um Yes. So, I mean, my parents always said to me, whatever I do in my life, make sure I'm always clean so that I can sleep at night. That's right. Absolutely. So, so then what, what happened to the boy the after? Was so he... the boy, um, the mother contacted me after about a week. She had written a review for me on my on my, on my business page right. saying how thankful she was and um, that how slowly he started to go back to school. So um, that, that made me really, really happy. And um, I just thought, well, that's another soul that I've helped on this earth. So in this case, it was, it was, 
you know, from the ultimate source, right? Like we're talking about the devil here. We're not talking about people who, you know, might look funny or some people say that people who can cast like an evil eye or whatever, you know, I've heard rumors like, oh, it's a guy with a unibrow or somebody who, you know, um, has blue eyes or somebody, you know, they have those things. But in this case, this was the ultimate source, right? Like the house itself had had a bad energy. So it can come from there. It can come from... It, is it does it all come yeah. from there, Fotini? Like is it all coming from it can come Voldemort? From anywhere, <laughs> it comes from anywhere. I mean okay. that was obviously that was the bad, bad energy that was in that home. Oh, wow. So the effect that I get and instantly is that people always say to me they sleep better, especially if there's children that aren't sleeping properly. Mm-hmm. Um, they sleep great, like after I do what I do. Right. Or um that they can actually feel um lighter in the house like the next day or a few days after. Yeah, I've I heard, can't describe it. Yeah, I've heard too that once that's lifted, people sleep fall asleep right away. Like they just become so relaxed and become relieved from all of that burden that they were carrying on them, that negativity that's, that they just either... That's right, and yeah. I, I've got it in me and then I have to get it out of myself. So, so how, with, that, with that job that I did for that young lad in Adelaide... Um, I, I was in bed for about three days. I had to, oh I had to really recover and... Wow. It made me sick, but in the end, it was worth it because I helped that child. Right. So now you you call yourself a psychic as well, but this doesn't have any like evil eye and psychic remover. That that doesn't go hand in hand. You're it's a separate right. It's, your psychic is not, you don't have to be an evil eye remover to be, and be psychic. It's totally two no, different you don't. things, right? I mean, I guess I've I've got a gift if you want to call it, and I help a lot of people. I help heal them. I don't physically touch them to heal them, but. I tell them in the cards because I read from a traditional deck of cards. Oh. They're like you play poker with. Oh. And um, I've made my own deck. Um, I don't read with tarot. Oh, I, I see. Anyone can do tarot. Ah, that's that's very unique. I've never heard of anything like that before. Reading it from yeah, a... so it comes from like uh, my grandfather used to read when he was in Greece. He got taught by the gypsies over there. Ah. And um, I remember going to Greece one year and my auntie um, saw me upset about something. And she goes, what's wrong? I said, oh, some guy has upset me. She goes, oh, let me read your cards. And I said, oh, okay. I never knew you could do it. She goes, your grandfather taught me. Mm. I said, wow, that's so cool. Anyway, um, I asked her, I said, I I really want to learn. She goes, if you really want to learn, you have to, I'm going to write down the meanings on each card, what they mean, but you have to ask up above and they'll give it to you. And that's exactly what I did. Wow. So... Nobody physically sat down to teach me what I do. I've, I'm all self-taught because I asked for it and they gave it to me. Okay. So then you reached out, you learned. Um, so in some cases, I understand too that in order to, re- to understand how to remove the evil eye, you, I've heard that it has to be a, a man telling a woman and then um, they can only be told that special prayer on a certain day of the week and it has to be i don't know I don't, is that is that yeah is that true? a lot of people have their theories with that sort of concept but with myself i um i was i had a man from greece send me the prayer okay and then the rest of it is my own method okay so i talk to my spirit and she helps me with every job that i do and i'm thankful for that and um like i said i i do a unique way compared to all the other people out there Right, and I have here on your website it says uh, removal is done the Greek way, suitable for anyone, which I think is quite clever. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it is because I've had I've had Chinese, I've had Australian, I've had right. It is cross cultural. It's cross cultural. This the evil eye, yeah, the malocchio. There's judge, different words for it. Yeah, that's right. I don't judge anyone. I feel that 
we're put onto this earth to help one another, so it doesn't cost anything just to help put out your hand to help the person, right? Right. Very nice. So, so tell me about the house or business cleaning that you do. How does that so work? It's a, yep. It's a similar method to the way that I do the, the eye removal. Um, instead, I physically go to the home and I take out that negativity that's in there. Um, I go through the house with the Livani, which is the, the, the frankincense. frankincense and that. And at the front, I use the salt and the vinegar to block any other negativity coming back into the home. Oh, and, and what's with the salt? I have never heard that before. And the salt and the vinegar okay, you do so, what with? So I, um, I put like a cross at the front of the door. And then I say what I say at the front to block that negativity mm-hmm. from coming back into the home. So when you put vinegar in your mouth, it's very sour, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a great feeling. So it's to use that natural product at the front of the home so it's blocking it from any other negativity going back into the house. Oh, I see. Okay. And then the frankincense is the one that you clear, clear the house with. I clear the house with that. I don't use sage at all. Um, I go through the house and I say the prayer that I say right. in Greek and then English as well. So, and the businesses, I mean, is it because A, they weren't getting any business or they felt that, that something or someone had come in and presented themselves in a negative way? Or how was it they, what were they experiencing? They, they could be something like that. They can experience something like that. Again, with the jealousy, uh-huh. their business could be thriving and then all of a sudden there's something that could go wrong. Um, I've, I've, I've had people send me pictures of black magic that they've found in their homes or their businesses and stuff like that. Pictures? They, they'd send me photos. They'd take, they'd find the, 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 the black magic that would be in the house okay. or in the business and they'd send it to me and they'd say, what do you think of this? Like there was one lady, um, she was moving her house here mm-hmm. in Melbourne mm-hmm. and she couldn't work out why her kids were suffering and her husband and her were arguing all the time. And when she um, sold her home, she started to like, move all her stuff, her furniture. And in between the mattress in her son's bedroom, she found the, the maya, as they call it, the black magic, with a little matchbox. And there was a stick figurine in there with oh, little God. knives in there. And it was just, it was really bad. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing, like, the stories that I hear... It's wow, shocking. Yeah, the, absolutely shocking. I mean, I've never personally experienced anything like that, but I certainly have um, witnessed, you know, something that was healthy and thriving. And even even plants and animals can suffer from my experience, if I understand it. I was off, off the top, I was describing a situation where um, our neighbor, who is Italian, had this gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous uh, plum tree. And um, they, they had family that was visiting, and that family member um, had expressed, you know, just complete, you know, awe of this tree and how fantastic this tree was because it was just laden with fruit, and it was just just the most gorgeous thing you ever saw. And then literally the next day, the tree was like withered. The fruit was on the ground. The leaves were fallen off the branches. It was it was as if it was cursed. And yeah. I, I don't, I, I never saw anything like that in my life. That must have yeah. been it. I, how else could you explain something like that? <laughs> because somebody can put something near the tree, which could be the black, and um, that could have happened to the tree for it to have been affected that quick. But you also said the jealousy too. I hear that a lot as well. What is it about yeah. the jealousy, Fotini? Like, what is it? It's such a strong force, right? It's a, it's a, it's not a very nice quality to have. Um, people get very jealous in a way like you could look good or you could have 
a lot of money or something like that, and they they get very jealous of it. They get very envious, and then that, that's when they, if they're that much of a bad person, that's when they can go and tamper with the wrong sort of stuff. So, I mean, I get phone calls from people asking me if I do black, and I go, no, I don't. Really? And then I say to them, why are you calling me on a private number? And then they hang up because they're scared. <laughs> really? And so what do they want from you if they're asking you for black magic? What are they want you to curse someone? Is that what they're Correct. asking? Uh, oh, yeah. I see. They want the reverse. And that's why they call me on a private number, and I say to them straight away, so I'm one step ahead. I always say to them, why are you calling me on a private number? Wow. So I won't allow them to even give you know give them the time or the day like to ask me anything like that but i don't do any of that and like i said i only do the good right now isn't there i've got a family i've got a family to worry about of and course. if anything happened to to myself then you know they'll be they'll be devastated so so in terms of also removing the evil eye i know that um in some cultures they use um the oil and the water correct do you know that one do you participate in that type of no, I no. don't, because I believe with that one there that they break it for the day. That they're what? So for the day. Like, say, for example, I've got the eye, so mm-hmm. they do it then and there, and it goes for just that day, for that moment. Oh, I see. It can come back. Oh, oh, it's only for, oh, I see what you're saying. It's just temporary, the, temporary, the oil. Oh, that's oh right. I see. Oh, I didn't but know that. With the way that I do it, I spice it, I break it. You break completely. it. Completely. That's why I do it over a three-day process, the way that I do it. I get them to cleanse in a bath, the way that I tell them, the day before, and then I light up the next day. Could you so walk me Can you walk my... me through without revealing any of the prayers, like what it is that you would ask someone to do over those three days? I get them to have uh, a bath, the way, the way that I tell them to have the bath, um, to cleanse in it. And then the, the next following day, I light up the frankincense to remove that negativity that's on them. So they could instantly get a headache. They could feel drained. Everybody's different. Just, just, it really depends on how strong it is. Right. And uh, I can light it up. And within half an hour, I could be back in bed. No kidding. And so then, and you, I, and then I, you have to reach out to someone to help with you. No. No, that's only if I've got the R on myself. Oh, I see. Okay. I, I, know, I know how to take it off of, like, to, you know, to heal myself like that. I know how to do that. Right. Well, I but know... if I... Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. No, I know that, that in, in other experiences with some friends as well and that I've witnessed where they will have been brought to their knees. Like, it would just be something that's just so overwhelming. Um, and I had no idea that, that the other remedies or removals was just temporary i you know because you're right i guess i never even thought about it that that it was something that could come back so in this case so when i mean but from this from a different source or maybe not maybe it would be the same source i don't know maybe it's the same person who has you you know Mm. uh has a jealousy for you so how do you know that it's gone completely from your oh you feel it i feel it i feel it and i know when i light up the levani if you want to call it um how i feel and I know, I, I just know it. I can feel it. No kidding. So I, I continue to do it. So if it's strong, then I won't stop until I get it. Right. Wow. Well, we're talking to Fotini. She is a psychic and evil eye remover. You can reach her at her website, www.psychicfotini.com.au. You know, this stuff always gives me chills up my spine. I ask you to call in with some of your stories, and Fotini and I will be here to hear them and respond. You can call 416 360 0740. 
are toll-free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. You are listening to The Conspiracy Show, and I am the mighty Aphrodite. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. I am the Mighty Aphrodite. Richard is off tonight, but he will be back next week. Well, he'll be joined by Morgan Reynolds to talk about the deep state, as I said earlier, and the shadow government, plus paranormal researcher Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who is always fantastic. Um, and we're on the line right now, and we're talking with Fotini from Melbourne, Australia. She is a psychic, and she is also someone who removes the evil eye. We're talking about hexes and curses and perhaps even how to bring good luck as well. Let's talk about that a little bit, Fotini. Can we, can yes. you, how, can you bring, how can you bring good luck into your life? Well, be a good person, isn't it? <laughs> I guess it is as simple as that. Why not? Do, <laughs> Works for me. Do good deeds and you'll, you'll get good in return. But I mean, I guess always protect yourself from that negativity from out there as well. Yeah. Okay. So um, tell me about that. Wa- yeah. Sorry? Tell me about that, about protecting yourself. Well, I always white light myself every day. Um, meaning I vision the white light around me because I don't want any other color around me. I want the white because it's pure, it's strong, and it protects. So wherever I go, whatever I do, I enter with the right foot, and I say with the white light, I protect my aura three times. Right. And then do you, and like you said, do you you wear the amulets? Do you wear these eyes? I know on your website you have that very Greek... Eye. I mean, the Israelis. Yeah. They have the hand with the eye. They have all sorts of interesting things like that. So, yeah. So you can wear the eye. Um, there's a lady here in Melbourne. Um, she she makes the eye. So I get the products off of her. She's um, her name's Susenti. Um, 
she sells them online throughout the world, actually. So you can, like, I wear the product on my hand. Um, I wear it on my left hand. And um, as well with protecting my aura, I feel it's strong enough to to protect me with the work that I do because especially with those, there's certain images that come out in the photos that I take. If I don't protect myself, then they can come with me, basically. How does it how does it work uh, the amulet? Like wh- uh, why why does it look the way it looks, and how does it how does it work? Does it deflect? Does but, it what does it do? Uh, it can deflect. Um, people believe in it a lot, and it's known worldwide that if you wear the eye, that it will, it will help prevent um, the evil eye being put onto you. But like I said, mm. um, with the words that I say every day, and I cleanse myself. It's, it makes my energy stronger um, to do the work that I do. Right. What about, um, I know you're also on Instagram as I well. Am. And um, yeah. there you do, you do readings on, with your cards on that on Instagram as well. Do you reach out to people on Instagram? And, and I know that you on there you were talking about what's a, a look ahead or something like that for 2017. Do you do Correct. that? Can so, you read the cards for the year? Yeah, well, not for the year. My cards come out quick. So um, I have... I get messages all the time um, saying how quick they come out. So basically within two months, something that I can say to you will come out. Example, tell me something. Tell us. Oh, I get it all the time. Like, oh, they say to me, for the new, what you told me um, last week came out. I've predicted uh, pregnancies, uh, marriages, uh, jobs, relationships, uh, work opportunities, everything. There's so much there that um, all the good that I do because when I have the person in front of me, I visualize as if I'm on the other end. So I can't have them walk away with fear. Right. I don't want them to walk away with fear, like that they're scared, that they walk away with something that I said, because I won't say the bad, I will say the good. But very rarely with the worry there, I'll help them deal with it. But there's a lot of depression out there, and there's a lot of people that right. go to psychologists, but I don't feel that the psychologists are doing their job properly. They're taking the easy way out. They're saying to them, take these tablets and you'll be fine. But they're not healing the mind. The mind has to be fixed. That's how I fix the, the, the clients that come in front of me. But, okay, so with that information, my goodness, so that you're able to, um, just with the regular deck of cards, is that what you do, yeah, as Correct. you said? That's very interesting. Yeah. So, so I, I say, for example, if you had brown hair, I'd pick you as the queen of hearts. I'd do you as her. I would ask um, your mother and your father's first name. And then I would meditate you and put you into the cards, and then I'd lay them out and I'll tell you the story that I can see. I've never heard of it being done that way. That's so interesting. And then the other way with my cards that I've made, um, I've got 172. So there's a picture there, and then there's a meaning on the back. I meditate you, I put you into the cards, and then I get you to select 28. Um, the reason being, I'm born on the 28th of mm-hmm. February. So it's your energy selecting the cards, and I tell you the story there that I'm out in those cards as well. So to me, the card reading is such a difficult thing. Like I don't even, I know I know I had an aunt that could read like, you know, the grains of her coffee, of her coffee cup and, and that sort of thing. But I guess that's up to interpretation. Um, but the cards are different, I would suspect. The cards seem to be different, they are, different to yeah, me. Yeah, they're, they're different. Yeah. They're different because... It can tell you more in-depth things as well. I mean, the coffee cup can only tell you so much. Right, right.
Well, you know what, Fortini, hold on again. And uh, I know we have some calls coming up. I see we have Joan in Toronto. We'll get to you very shortly, right after this break. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show, and this is The Mighty Aphrodite. We'll be right back. is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now, 416-360-0740, or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. This is the Mighty Aphrodite, filling in for Richard Serrett here on The Conspiracy Show in Toronto. We do have a caller on the line. Her name is Joan, uh, waiting to speak with Fortini. Fortini, uh, let's take a call and hear what Joan okay. has to say. Yep, okay. Hello, Joan. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hi, okay. I didn't hear that sound that usually comes on. <laughs> well, let me say that Welcome. Richard can be very proud of the work that you're doing today. Your voice is very conducive to late night radio. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Joan. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, since you're both Greek, you know what Kyrie eleison means, right? Of course. Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Lord yeah. have mercy. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, being of Orthodox uh, faith myself, um, and I only learned this in the last few years because I started to read the Bible, but um, it, with great respect to, to both of you, you know that in the Bible, in the New Testament, Christ condemned uh, the, the, the soothsayers, the, the card readers, mm. and you know the part in the New Testament where the uh, woman who was reading cards uh, f- as a slave for a rich man, was uh, asked not to do it, and she accepted Christ as her Savior. And so they wanted to kill the apostles for that, and they also wanted to kill her because it took the business away from from this very, uh, very evil man. And we know that uh, our greatest strength and our greatest sign is the sign of the cross in our faith in Christ. And I believe that uh, you mean really, really well uh, to the lady from Australia. I, I think you really mean it well. But I also come from a background where I know in the past my mother used to read cards, mm. and other people used to eat, uh, read cards in Eastern Europe. And there has been nothing, nothing but negativity and darkness after that, even though they were believers in Christ like yourself, and they were Christian. But we need to stay away from that. And there's also a book called The Book of Solomon. Sure. And it, you, you've heard of that one, right? Right? That's a very yeah, and, ancient and I agree with you, Joan. I mean, as you know, I think in, uh, Christians in general, you know, we're not really supposed to be privy to our future. It's a, 
against our religion in many ways that yes. we shouldn't be it's, looking forward. Um, but, but you we're know, not supposed to be using the eye. The only symbol that should be is the one written on our hearts and souls. Absolutely, is the sign of the cross. So this is paganism mixed in with just like Easter oh, of course. eggs. So you, uh, I believe that the Lord guided me to call you tonight to say that you need to stop this because this is mixing paganism with Christianity. The biggest power. That's always and, power. and Joan, I totally I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I I know what you're talking about in terms of it being pagan. Of course, um, it, it comes from those roots. But you know what, I Fotini, you can jump in here. Um, your prayers that you that you that you um, administer. To to remove the eye, yes, are are Christian based, correct, and yes. and it's coming from a good place, and I can appreciate where Joan is coming from as well. Um, mm-hmm. We should always turn as Christians. We should turn towards. Christ um, to guide us, and and a lot of people believe. I mean, you go online, and I, you know, you see lots of priests online, and they're saying the same thing that Joan said. You know, well, we shouldn't be doing this, and is the is the eye the real thing, and is it really happening? Um, but you know what? I think I think it's psychological. You know, people need a, a, another way of reaching out, of fixing something, and and I think it's a I think it's a good thing that we can reach within our community. And um, someone like yourself can provide it. I know she's saying that um, it might be a negative thing, but if you're doing it in the in the spirit of which is, of which you're doing it in Fotini, um, I don't think it necessarily is a bad thing. Personally, what do you, I don't how either. do you respond? I don't either. I mean, I respect her opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I am Orthodox as well, Greek Orthodox, I believe, and no one can take that from me. Um, like I said, I'm only out there to do the good. But when I have like I particularly had a young boy, a uh, young guy come up to me at Christmas time when I helped him in the winter of last year, and I didn't recognize him. And he was waving at me and was going, is, this, is, this, is that you for dinner? And I go, yeah, it is. He goes, it's me. And he was saying his name. And I went, oh, I don't know who you are. And then I, he explained to me that I had done the evil eye removal on him. And when I went to his house, he was that depressed mm. that he was in another world. Wow. And I did what I did and I helped him heal. And when he came up to me at Christmas time, he hugged me and he said to me, I've only got one word for you and that's thank you. Yeah. You've brought me back to my life and I've got a job now and I'm so happy. And he hugged me and he walked away and I looked at him and I thought, wow, that's another person I've helped. Wow. So um, Joan can look at it like that for me to stop it. But when I'm helping so many people out there, I don't see it as a bad thing that I'm doing. Yeah, no, you know, here's the thing, too. I know that I've spoken to some priests. I mean, I used to, I, I've worked in television and radio my whole life as well. And I've done plenty of shows um, as a producer. And I've reached out to community members in the Greek community to participate in certain programs. And I've spoken with, with priests about this and how, you know, in the Orthodox faith, you know, we, it's not like the like Catholicism where, you know, they have movies based on it, on people being possessed. And, you know, they have this whole, and I said at the top of the show that we talked about the Vatican and how they've now increased the amount of uh, exorcists that they have in their, in their group. In fact, there's like two tier now and there's like a, a waiting list for them to, to be put out there. But in in the Orthodox faith, I know that we also have that division um, set aside for um, exorcists, but we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it like the Catholics talk about it. We don't. And that's yeah. a very interesting thing. And I'd like to know why we don't talk about it. And I think, and to Joan's point, I think that if we did talk about it, um, that it would, this, that 
that the people like yourself, right, would be wouldn't be considered taboo, right? Because we would reach out to priests who would be able to participate and help us psychologically and remove the evil eye and all the things that you're doing as well. I think it's something that we have to uh, figure out why it's not discussed as much. And I think that people like yourself, when you do it for the right reasons and you're capable of of, um, helping through certain prayers that are Orthodox Christian-based, honorable prayers that are done properly. I think that that's a good thing. And I think that... Correct. I think it's a good thing. I mean, it helps people. I've seen it, right? And as yes. much, you know, as much as I, you know, we go to church on Sunday, we participate in Holy Communion and everything, and that's wonderful. But there's some things that you can't explain. And, you know, you could say, oh, it's not true, or you're just having a bad day. Well, you know, no, I think that there are negative forces. And I think those negative forces do come at you. I mean, I have participated, I have seen myself on the receiving end of these people that I call energy vampires, like to suck the life out of you, you know, and you're, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. left completely limp. I mean, those people mm-hmm. exist. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, how do you combat that? How, who do you reach out to? Right? Who, who is that? And that would be, you know, somebody who's like yourself, who I think um, does a service. I, I do believe that. Tell me a little bit well, more. Go ahead. Well, well, they go to church, these people as well. I mean, I go to the church as well, but some of them that do their biggest crosses are the biggest hypocrites out there. So they can leave the church and then commit a sin. Ouch. So That's true. How can they say that they're a good person when I'm really not hurting anyone and yeah. I'm helping the people um, that need the help? Am I meant to deny them? Right. Am I meant to say, sorry, I can't help you and let them suffer? Well, when if you, I've got that ability, if I've got that ability to help them and put my energy into it to help them, then I'll do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, we, nobody's perfect. No, we're not. No That's one's right. perfect. We're not claiming that we're perfect. That we know everything. Right. Um, yeah. So it's true what you say. Um, I also found out find that um, when you are suffering from something like that, that is so sudden, and nothing can be, nothing can relieve it. Um, and I do think that a negative forces do have a play a role. I, I believe that. Uh, and it's unfortunate, you know, like I just I, I've seen it too many times in some friends. I mean, it just happened the other day. You saw somebody uh, just completely brought to their knees because they're of this crushing headache and and nausea. And, you know, who do you reach out to in that case? Mm. Fortini. Right. <laughs> Fortini. Fortini, do you do these right. things? Do you do these things over the phone? Can you can you do long distance I... cleansings? Yeah, yes, I can. I've actually helped a man in Colombia. Um, I had a, a girl in Adelaide that her father was really, really sick for a long, long time. So I said to her, tell your father to have the bath like this, blah, blah, blah. And um, I still had the ability to, to do it. And even another man in Italy that I helped. So it doesn't matter where you are in this world. I I can do it. I've got that ability to do it. What does the what does the bath do? Is it, is it just a it's a ritual cleansing? Like, do you ask them to put it's stuff a, in yes, the water? Or? Rit- yep. So you, I get them to put salt and vinegar in there, mm-hmm. and I tell them what to do um, to cleanse themselves because it's like they're cleansing in the sea because the sea is the most natural that we can go to. Correct. Mm. Um, so they cleanse in the bath like that, and sometimes they pull the plug and it's screaming, or they can come out of the bath and it's green. So that's all telling me that negativity that could be in the bath. Green. And green, like the water can go green. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, it's really bad. I remember a girl, had, um, she lived in Sydney here in Australia, and she, she had this girl come up to her and touch her hair, and then her hair started to fall out. 
because she was jealous of her beautiful long hair. Oh, my God. And then um, I did the eye removal on her. She was crying, thanking me how much better she felt. So when I get that sort of a result, it makes me happy knowing that I've helped the person. Yeah, when you see it cross-culturally like that, when you see it affect so many different walks of life, you know, and it, it just talks to and and suggests that, of course, that everyone is susceptible to something like that. That is not just, you know, one particular culture that, you know, feels burdened by it. We're talking about everyone. I mean, I don't think I've Everybody. Come, I haven't come across yeah. anyone who doesn't, who hasn't heard of it um, and experienced it and witnessed it. And um, so for it to set people to say, oh, no, it's just, you know, an off day or whatever, to to say that, it doesn't make any sense when it's when it's something that is tangible, you know. I mean, I don't want to necessarily believe in that because I can't, I don't, I don't, wouldn't want to do that to anyone. Like, I wouldn't want to exclaim something to someone that, you know, that they have gorgeous hair and then their hair fall out. I mean, that's the most, mal- that's malicious. <laughs> Very much so. But that, that's where the jealousy is that um, consists in this world. And that's where they tamper with that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, like I said, I hear many, many stories. The one the other day, I heard of a lady opening up a door up on the roof, and she found all these voodoo dolls. And this was at her mother-in-law's house. And the voodoo, the little dolls had like pins in them. And I'm like, wow, that's so bad. So they, there's so much bad out there. It's unreal. It really is. It's, it's shocking. So this, okay. So let me get this straight. So the voodoo dolls were where exactly? No, they were up, like, she looked up on, the, like, the manhole. You know how they have the manhole? Okay. And she went up there to get something, and she saw the dolls perfectly placed up there with pins. Um, and these are, and, and these are who? Like, who? Uh, so this was her house or something like that, and her mother-in-law apparently had put them there. Oh, her mother-in-law. And this lady was Greek as well. Oh, she I was couldn't... just going to say, these are Greek people? Who are these people that do this? Yeah, this is like, awful. I mean, it doesn't matter what you are, um... If they want to get you, they'll get you somehow. They'll get you somehow. So if you find, I would never take a, a plant from from someone because um, they can put it in there. Or if you take items of clothing, clothing, or if they ask to borrow a jacket of yours, and they can put it in that as well, and you just take it back home, and then everything can go haywire. So there's Crazy. many many ways of them doing it. Fotini, thank you so much for yeah. joining us all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Thank you for I having wish me you all the very thank you. Uh, you can reach Fotini. Um, she has a wonderful Gmail account, FotiniCardreader at gmail.com. F O T I N I K cardreader at gmail.com. Her website is www.psychicfotini.com.au. Thank you so much. We'll return yeah. um, after this uh, short break, and we will have our dream analyst on, so stay with us. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, actually with the mighty Aphrodite. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show, usually with Richard Serrett, but tonight it's the mighty Aphrodite. 
We just had a very interesting discussion with uh, Fotin Ni from Melbourne, Australia, uh, about the evil eye. Uh, and it was, um, you know, quite eye-opening. So um, I figured, you know what, let's, let's keep going along this vein. And I thought we'd reach out to a dream analyst. And uh, he, he's someone who uh, has done much, much, much work in this, in this area. He's uh, an author and a researcher. His name is Craig Webb. And he's written a new book, Dreams Behind the Music. And, you know, he's a McGill University graduate. With, uh, he was pi- in pioneering and lucid dreaming, which I find very interesting. Lucid dreaming is something that... Uh, I thought I could try and do, but I don't know. I don't think I've done a very good job at it. Nevertheless, uh, I'd researched at Stanford University. He, he has also designed personal development devices distributed worldwide. His new book, The Dreams Behind the Music, reveals little-known dreams that inspired dozens of Grammy Award wins and other tremendous successes for over 100 famous artists and highlights universal principles and techniques that anyone can learn to harvest their own dreams from uh, for surprising life breakthroughs. And I thought this would be kind of fun because we just had our Juno Awards in Ottawa. And, uh, of course, that's our version of the Grammys. And I was actually a Juno judge, believe it or not. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, quite an experience. So this this could be a lot of fun with Craig uh, this evening. Craig, are you with us on the line? Hi, Aphrodite. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward here. Okay, great. Now, um, I know that the book, uh, Dreams Behind the Music, I've, I, a wonderful, um, interesting read. Uh, and I was just saying that we do okay. have, um, I had our Junos just this evening, and uh, some, some of our famous Canadian artists. I don't know if you were watching or not. Um, but uh, um, no, I'm traveling. But, you're uh, traveling, okay. Definitely some Canadian artist dreamers. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there are, uh, and I also I don't know if you really known this or not. You guys, uh, Albert and Will too. Um, our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau spoke on stage with the uh, on the Grammy Awards. It seems like he gets around. You know, it's like he's like the cruise director for the Love Boat or something. But he was there. You know, it's like I don't know. He does parades. He marches in parades. He shows up on stage at you know the Junos. It's a very interesting character. Anyway, Greg. Um, uh, so yeah, this is dreams are you know everybody has dreams, right? I mean everybody dreams, uh, yeah. and we always have questions about our dreams and what do they mean? How do they guide us? Do they guide us? Is it something that we should consider to guide us, um, or is it just our brain yeah. working overtime? Like I have this monkey mind, and I'm telling you, I have the wildest and craziest dreams. Uh, you could probably <laughs> write three books on the kind of dreams that I have. <laughs> but um, right. but your Sounds book good. is is quite specific. I mean, you really zeroed in on a, a really niche type of group. Um, so, well, I wanted to focus it with a certain sort of, I guess, audience type. In this case, more artists, creatives, and but I show the principles that are universal anybody can use, from like a householder to like business person, inventor. You know, even like Google, the search engine that we hop onto pretty often, sure. uh, inspired the whole company directly from a dream. So talk about like a you know, many hundred billion dollar really? company with obviously lots of work later, but the seed, really? the core idea from a dream. So it applies to all realms, but I focused on the artists because, you know, there's like 20 to 50 Grammy wins, uh, definitely huge career successes. 
directly traceable to the dream inspirations. And nobody's talking about or knows about them. Yeah, really. Uh, so let's just take one step back. Um, so how did how did you become involved in the dream and dream work? How did that? Oh, well, that's an interesting story there. I sometimes say a little jokingly, I kind of got kidnapped. Oh. Because uh, at the time, uh, I was a good physicist. I actually have a degree in physics. So, no kidding. You know, kind of objective scientist, very worldly focused, physical mm-hmm. world kind of grounded person. And then uh, after a powerful near drowning where I sort of had this realization, wow, I'm, I'm actually stuck under a raft dying. Okay. And then this rich peace, which was kind of surprising, like, oh, it's enjoyable to die? What? Uh, then I started remembering up to about 10 dreams a day. And you know how they disappear by maybe breakfast or uh, Almost maybe instantly. shower in yeah. the morning? Cause mm-hmm. Delicate memories, right? Yeah. And uh, my dreams at that time would last into the morning, afternoon, even like some dreams would last into following days, like some big channel had opened. So I believe uh, something happened there kind of under the raft. But maybe even the raft sort of near drowning was just a symbol of a deeper level that wanted to rebalance my objective science mind and add in intuition, feelings, and a lot of other level connections that I then started exploring. So I kind of look at it. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> so from a physicist to uh, to lucid dreaming professional. Yeah, well, let's say a metaphysicist, including metaphysicist. a little bit of heart. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing that long journey from head to heart, and I'm still on my way. Wow. Okay. So um, tell me then about... Actually, I want to hear a little bit more about um, your jumping off point again as to how, how then you moved and how you felt that that portal opened up for you. Can you just dig a little deeper yeah. in that one? Because that, that well, it's fascinates good. My me. My story is important because I think a lot of people in our culture, with, you know, we're very strongly trained in the mind, science, but not even just science, sort of how to intellectually analyze, fix things, which is great. Not to knock it, but it is really just one approach. It doesn't work so well for relationships. It <laughs> doesn't work for intuitive things as well as, as half of an intuitive solving mechanism, maybe. But intuition, you have to have a different kind of tuning. So I started having these premonitions that were very clear about very rare events that I saw come true. So I was like, wait a minute. They didn't tell me about that in physics class. Like you can tune in across time. Well, I knew it was, there's an idea of a dimension of time, but I didn't know personally you can actually tune it. Later, research showed that two out of three people are having these kind of experiences and that they, you know, they just don't talk about it mostly. Have you ever done something that, or maybe an intuition or a hit or a premonition that you feel came true in your life? Myself, a premonition? Uh, uh, no, not that, I, not that I'm aware of. No, I mean, I've had deja vu, but I don't think that counts for anything. Um, but no. No, oh, well, if you kind of translate to French, it means already seen. So a lot of people link déjà vu with dreams. Some don't, but it might be. Might be. <laughs> so you had. Um, <laughs> so you said tune into a dimension of time. That's that's pretty deep. <laughs> uh, well, we don't really see time as kind of a dimension. You know, we have length, height, width, right. depth. Uh, but uh, just think of something else that you could walk along linearly. We usually go in one direction. And uh, we sort of go from past to present to future. But if you have some perspective outside, let's say, a distant timeline, then you can see the whole road, right? So if you can somehow get distance out the timeline of time, you could see past, present, future pretty easily. And that's sort of the, the model. But then when all of a sudden you start tuning into future moments and you know how it's going to play out or the, the probability of something likely to happen, that can get pretty freaky if you're trained in objective physics like me. And then I started having lucid dreams, 
You know about those? Have you heard of that type I of have. I've heard. I've heard about lucid dreaming. Sure, I have. And I thought that I. W- I thought that. Um, yeah. I mean, I do. I do a lot of yoga, and I. And um, you know, I sometimes okay. I find myself that I. I very well might be lucid dreaming. Like I. I the definition of it to me, kind of shifts every time I try to experience it. Can you explain it? That's good. I like that you have a shifting definition because I don't like to lock it into type. Okay, it's good. Exactly this. Uh, one kind of simple, but it's a bit general way I say it is the the waking part of ourself, and that's a pretty loaded statement right there. But let's just say something like uh, our memory and or our logic and or our will and or maybe our presence, our identity, mindfulness, usually join us in real time during the dream. In other words, not just remember after we wake up, but mm-hmm. during the dream, go, hey, wait a minute, mm-hmm. this isn't a dream desk or a dream radio microphone or whatever we have, and we go, this is actually a real, you know, experience in some other level of consciousness, and then Craig here is going to wake up in bed in a few minutes. And so we kind of have this very real, believable experience that we then realize was, you know, if it's virtual, it's real on its own level, but mm-hmm. later in physical level, it seems like it's definitely not the, the normal physical sense. So I'd say our waking mind joins us to some degree in a dream when we're lucid dreaming. And some people say the official cutoff is when you can say that you realize you're dreaming while you're dreaming. But there's a lot of variations to that. I kind of like the big analogy that, you know, life here, waking consciousness, who I'm kind of speaking as and who people might be listening as, their waking mind, it's really just one station on a pretty large dial. (laughs) Most often we don't talk about the other stations. And even if we talk about them, we may not really go there. I don't think lucid or, you know, waking mixed with dream consciousness is, only the only station, but it's a pretty interesting one, and we call it lucid dreaming. Yeah. So, uh, and you can do this, like you yourself, you can be in a dream and be aware that you're in the dream. You can do that. Yeah, and it, I, I'm very blessed in that way. I, I trained for quite a while. I actually was involved in the Stanford University research many years ago that proved it scientifically and brought it to the West. So. I've been uh, pretty interested and connected for a long time and helped it reach, uh, I think, mainly Canada. I brought mm-hmm. it to all the CBC and a whole bunch of places to, to help get more people in touch with what I thought could be super useful because most of the benefits or the positive applications of dreams, they get amplified by more consciousness, more lucidity. So I figured, hey, we've got to bring this tool and give it away pretty much, you know, teach people how and help them get there, including myself. So it's... <laughs> So much, so many questions to ask you. It's incredible. Um, but let's just, uh, oh, let's go, let's, it, it is, it's, it's really, it, there's so much there. It's not, you're just scratching the surface here. Um, and I think that, yeah. you know, once we open up the calls too at the bottom of the hour, I think people are going to have some questions. I already know that this young boy in, in Denver, Colorado, um, who has just beat cancer, God bless him, Callum, uh, you know, uh, he over, over Twitter, he's like, I have a question. I have a question for the dream analyst. So we'll, we'll do that at the bottom okay. of the hour. Uh, so people will have that for you as well. But let's just get really uh, back into your book just really quickly before we go into the next break. Uh, The book is The Dreams Behind the Music. Uh, So tell us regarding that new book, can you give me some of those details of some of the hit song inspirations or career guidance that came uh, to the artist's dreams? Because that's kind of cool. I'll just mention that uh, it's not exactly like some of these new e-books and PDFs and things are kind of whipped off quickly. This was a three to 4,000 hour serious research project with 750 footnotes, so uh, it's not really to toot my horn, but just to say I really devoted to make it trustable. Every story has its uh, reference, like who said it where, and 
I'm fairly provable, except maybe one or two, which you're just trusting the artist or whatever. But mostly that's super provable or at least uh, trackable things that are um, quite out of the ordinary here and there. One example, maybe before break, is uh, uh, John Lennon, who actually twice pre-dreamt his murder fairly accurately. If you put the two dreams together, and actually there were three, but two of them tell the scenario very accurately. Chubby stranger wearing glasses, holding revolver, and the other dream outside the Dakota where he lived and got shot. So he was nervous about it and upset he didn't remember better. One example of like 250 of some amazing things that in this case was unfortunate outcome, but in many other cases was very fortunate outcome. What? I'm still like, I'm just, I'm listening. And I'm like, what did you just tell me? <laughs> really? I had no idea. Yeah, this really? Is, uh, Lennon zoned in about a year ahead to the pretty much the exact scenario of wow. the really sad event that came to pass. Cause I will mention that the other, the third dream is extremely positive, and he saw himself walking outside the mirror of life and death freely. So Craziness. Some rhyme or reason. What about Bob Dylan? Did he have any of his dreams? Because I mean, you know, he just got oh, yeah. finally well, accepted the, the finally accepted the. Um, break, yeah, well, got after break, of course, but he finally accepted the um, Nobel Peace Prize for his poetry. Anyways, okay, here we are yeah. coming up to a break. Uh, we are speaking with a dream analyst. My goodness, and he has some amazing stories. He's left me speechless. We're speaking with Craig Webb, and his book, Dreams Behind the Music. We'll be right back. This is the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, and I am the Mighty Aphrodite. Keeping an eye on the New World Order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You want the truth? You can handle the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To get the truth, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Filling in for Richard Serrett. The Mighty Aphrodite. And on the line right now, we have Craig Webb. He is a dream analyst, author, and researcher. His new book, Dreams Behind the Music. And we were just being told some fascinating stories about some very famous musicians and how they were inspired through their dreams. So, Craig, take it away. I mean, you left me with, uh, <laughs> like, I was literally, what did he just tell me? <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, yeah, let's get a job as a radio host here. Oh, wow. Before break, right? That's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, where were we? Go ahead. respect kind of the story, though. But uh, you asked about uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah. Uh, he mentioned that he sort of uh, uses the shamanic art, but I couldn't find any direct uh, I guess, examples mm-hmm. of dreams, but it sounds like he uses the shamanic dreaming art. 
like uh, Sting calls it. But uh, there's a very strong, interesting connection with him from what seems one of the master dreamers, what I call the rock and roll shamans. Whoa. <laughs> and that is uh, Bono, our U2, our friend who leads the U2, the lead singer there. Yeah. Uh, and he has two interesting stories. I'll start with uh, what I find the most fascinating, and we'll end with uh, the Dylan part. Okay. But he's a big dreamer. He often tunes in to the other levels and brings back some real winners. And one time he was, uh, you know, a little stressed before a performance the next day at Wembley Arena. And he said he had the Blue Velvet soundtrack for the movie playing, you know, the David Lynch film. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't really look at it, but he had just had it playing as he was kind of half awake, dozing, falling asleep a bit. And he started picking up this new kind of lyrics and sound. And it was like, oh, mystery girl. She's a mystery to me with a melody. And he kind of wake up, oh, that sounds very Roy Orbison. So I guess at some point in the night, he got up and looked at the album that is there. Roy Orbison song, Mystery Girl on here. And he he saw that there was a Roy Orbison song called In Dreams, which is actually a dream inspired by Roy Orbison, who in his dream thought Elvis wrote it, but waking up realized it was his. Uh. But, uh, so maybe it had this alchemical power of that song, but either way, there was no mystery girl, even though there was an Orbison song. So he goes, well, sounds kind of Orbisonic, <laughs> to kind of use a phrase. And the next day, he was kind of excited about it. Maybe, maybe I just dreamt it, and I just started writing it. Maybe it's not Roy Orbison, but it's mine, so... He started working on the lyrics a bit, even before in the, the concert and the, what do they call the rehearsal sound check. He was working Mystery Girl. Hey, guys, does this sound like Roy Orbison? And the rest of the band said, yeah, really. But we'd never heard it before. So he's like, okay, maybe I'll work on it. Then they did the show. And at the end of the show, he was still pretty excited. So in the dressing room, he was actually right back working on the song and the lyrics and the melody. And all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door of the dressing room with the, the security guard, John, who says... Uh, uh, Mr. Bono here, there's a man to see you. Uh, he says his name is Roy Orbison. He's with his wife, who he'd never met at the t- up till then, and he never certainly knew he was in England or at the show you know, at all. So something pretty crazy. So Roy Orbison comes in, and he says, Hey, guys, great show. I just watched it and enjoyed it. And the second thing he says is, Do you have a song for me? Huh. And uh, Bono says, Wow. Uh, and the guys are like, Oh, you're joshing us. You knew all the time. And he says, I had no clue. Oh. But it turns out that Bono wrote the rest of Mystery Girl for Orbison, who loved it, and they recorded it on his last album. And Bono actually produced it. So that's crazy. That's about dream inspired collaboration mm-hmm. from the other side, right? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I like that from the other side. That is amazing. Uh, you know, like I, I have a friend yeah. who. Um, um, who had this, this crazy dream well seemed crazy to her and it's funny because you were saying how dreams inspire yeah. me, that can turn into real life and it was about uh, a business that she wanted to start and she dreamt about the business and she dreamt about the name of the business the logo of the business all of that okay great and you know and and so she's wondering like what is that like what do you do with that information is it something that is it a positive thing? Is that something? Is, there, is, is your is the universe telling you go and do it, and I'm, I've laid it out for you, or is it is it just something that your that your brain is working on uh, because you know you're involved in other businesses and therefore that's on your brain? You know how does that? How do you make sense of stuff uh, like that? Well, yes, yes, and more. <laughs> I usually empower dreamers with their own truth because think of it. You know what other source of say at this point information but it could even be more than information so let's just say information comes to us personally at least until you get into inception and other dimensional skype and those kind of things it's coming just to us personally and it's coming in an empowered way that we can choose to speak it act on it or anything or just ignore it or not even remember it Mm -hmm. 
so it's kind of the true source of empowerment in, in that way. I like to see people kind of come to their own experience of truth or clarity about what they'd like to do with it, if anything. And I usually suggest the first thing is to ask a, a larger question than many people often ask if they remember their dream. Not just, hey, what does it mean? Which, that's right. a good question, but now it's about 100 years old. From right. the, the analyst, head-centered folks, uh, which uh, sort of look just for meaning, symbolism, right. and kind of intellectual. It's great. But to add to it and bring those dreams from the other level into the world, I usually encourage people to ask, hey, what does the dream want? Ah. And, you know, that'll probably include what does it mean, but it, it sort of includes an action somewhere in mm-hmm. there to bring a gift to your life or somebody else's life. In this case, the artist who said, wow, this dream seems to want to come into the song and maybe I'll write it. Right. Or, or some other variation. You know, some people actually had their lives saved when they acted on dreams, including uh, a radio host from Canada we can talk about in a second. But mm-hmm. So if we ask the question, actually different thoughts and right. then maybe impulses to act come than if we just ask them. So, that's a good first framework. And then, you know, kind of think of it as a multi-course meal that you could certainly have it because you were working on it before sleep, but that's not mutually exclusive that the other level of our psyche, maybe the vast inner net where we can tune into some pretty amazing levels of information, not the internet. That's a good outer version of what the internet is, you know, our dream channel. And that if we get some amazing idea that really fires us up in the dream, gives us like a feeling of joy or excitement or something, then probably we should act towards that because the feeling is the link between the dream and the waking event if we choose to, to go towards it. And I interpret it as sort of probabilities. It doesn't guarantee anything if we dream of it. It just points to a future potential reality that perhaps is more likely. But uh, it can call us forward like a calling, you know. Hey, if you choose to act and devote a bit of time and, you know, go deeper into this, it could bring a lot of joy to you and probably others. Or if it's a nightmare, it's kind of the opposite of, Unless you change a choice or a habit or something, you're going to come to this very unpleasant future, and we'd like to avoid this, but right, right. now it's the current most likely probable. Well, I was just going to say, what so does the dream... Like Sorry, I was going to say, what does the dream right. want when you're dreaming of dead people? You know, it's like, you know, or, or what does the dream want when you have a nightmare? Uh, you were just answering, you know, yeah. what does it mean? What does a dream want then if you're dreaming of a deceased family member or colleagues or whatever it might be? Um, uh, what what does the dream want from you then? Are you supposed to then take it a step further and go beyond the fact that these are dead people haunting you in your dream and figure and try to understand <laughs> what the what their what their end game is? You know, what do what do they want? Yeah, sure. You've tapped into Zombie Channel, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it might be uh, more empowering to say each person can ask that for themselves. I'll give some general ideas, and we can do some specifics. Okay. But really, it's important that each person asks and answers it, I think. And obviously, if somebody's traveled in a country and knows the language, it's silly not to take advantage of that. And in this case, it would be me after 30, 35 years of exploring. Uh, but I really encourage people to keep their power and ask the questions and get their own inner answer. And if they can get some coaching guidance, great. But ideally, they still answer themselves. So let's say one, one of your examples, deceased comes to visit is that, you know, we have to fit it into one of our models. And and usually dreams expand our models quickly, quickly. But let's just say, is that just a zombie freak-out dream? Is it a horror movie at night? Or is it actual visitation from, let's say, deceased mom who's come to give me some important info? Uh, It could be just like big pizza at midnight, not the greatest thing to interpret, but still uh, a bit of a message. Don't have pizza at midnight. It's freaking you out. Maybe some of your cells are dying, and that was the dream that showed that. Most likely, uh, if people are tuned in and that they're cleared the backlog of things they haven't listened to, 
and not eating like a huge meal at midnight or taking medications. It could well be a visitation dream by, let's just say, the spirit or the other level of the person that we used to know as physical. Uh, and they don't have to be dead necessarily either. Example, this mm. morning I dreamt of a friend I haven't seen in five years and confirmed the exact thing she's going to do in the next few months. So Whoa. it can be somebody live, but uh, in her Skype, you know, so the dead or alive. And I'll <laughs> give you an example, just kind of show <laughs> the principle. Uh, Stevie Wonder, mm. who actually wrote a lot of his songs with uh, his mother, not too many people know. And uh, so she unfortunately passed on, and he was like, wow, that's the most important person in my life. They were very close. And he told his business uh, manager, I guess his agent and a few people, look, I'm taking a year off. It's a rare event, only once, and really I need some grieving time. And they kind of said, okay, well, we understand, and we'll do our best. We'll cancel this and that. And then a few weeks later, uh, he said, hey, guys, I know I'm sorry, so sorry to change, but could you put back on all the appointments and the meetings? And also, could we add a world tour next year? And I want to start two new albums. <laughs> wow. Now. And they were like, what? Yeah. What happened to the grieving? You just put your mom to rest like shortly before. And he said, yes, but she just came to me in the dream. And she was very loving. She said, Stevie, what are you? You're an artist. The exact time when you're really in your deepest universal emotions is when you should be out there sharing your gift of love and your message. So kindly kick in the butt, get out there and keep doing it. You know? And he said, you know, mom said. Oh and so he took a pretty practical waking action based on his visitation. Whether accurate or not, we don't know, we but don't it know. certainly served a lot of people positively. No kidding. Wow. So he always listened to his mom, even beyond the grave. <laughs> Hey, what a good son. You know what? Maybe it's clearer from the other side. <laughs> what a good son. Well, maybe she was also inspiring um, some of his new writings, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Talk about uh, ghostwriter, right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. A whole new spin to the term ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when, when people dream and, and you're talking about lucid dreaming and you're talking about listening to the dream and what does the dream want, so we we all, we don't have a choice. We dream. We we just do, right? Like that's just something that the humans do. And then of course there's the REM sleep sort and the of. deeper sleep. Sort of. You know, it's like emails. We don't have to open the emails. We don't have to turn on the computer. And it's a very good analogy. The internet has as its physical correlate here in the world the internet. So mm-hmm. the collective vast, let's say, personal subconscious, and then maybe collective unconscious is available, but a lot of people just ignore, turn it off, or mostly they just haven't seen any practical value. Right, no practical they don't value. devote time to right. what so. could really pay off big. So here we are more or less selling, hey, you know, if you get a high-speed internet connection, there's some pretty good payoff. Well, you know, and having said that, you know, with when people, like you said, either they turn it off, they don't pay attention to it, they don't think there's value to it, or they it comes to them and then it, esca- it, it, it just dissolves instantly when they open their eyes, the dream is gone, they don't remember anything about it. But somehow they they still remained inspired by it somehow, like, wow, that was a good feeling or that was a bad feeling. So um, I know that you also teach our show techniques for for retaining the dream and that sort of thing. And and, and, um, but are there supplements as well? Can people I know that, you know, other artists, they also take supplements, quote unquote, you know, to have that 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 really cool experience so they could have some unique experience. input to their writing or whether whether it's music or whether it's literature or whatever it might be. Um, but are there actual yeah. herbs or nutraceuticals or something that people take can take in order to promote more of this type of dreaming that is um, useful? Yeah, well, usually I would say tune to it. 
because it's usually like a radio station. It's always there, you know, people can tune to it. Uh, some will be affecting physiology, and you had a few questions. So I usually encourage people first, go for the very empowered approach that doesn't rely on external you know, devices. Okay. For example, at the Stanford Research, I designed a sleep mask that helps you become lucid while you're asleep. Wear it at night, and it gives you cues to awaken within dreams. But it's still external helper, huh. and it's great as a tool, but it shouldn't replace our trust, empowerment, or, you know, maybe devotion or at least discipline to learn the skills inside that we don't need eventually in external. The same for supplements, but if they help you for a while, sure, use the tools. Just kind of watch that dependence on outer thing, person, device, whatever. So if that is in the mix, then uh, I could say something like the vitamin B6 and 12 can be really helpful. Uh, some people find things like mugwort help a bit with recall. You know, a pillow filled with this herb mugwort can be sort of the soft version and the tea version can be somewhat stronger, sometimes giving people a little bit of a weird experience. So I have to watch on the quantities. There's plenty of, you know, pharmaceutical variations out there. For I don't usually mention to people until I've seen that they have some kind of balance of what they're going to get empowered. But I usually give most of the empowering techniques, sort of mental slash emotional mm -hmm. techniques, that work extremely effectively for recall, incubating or intending certain types of dream, lucid dreaming, creative dreaming. Well, why don't we why don't we talk about that on the on the let's, let's talk about that. Let's take a step back from the supplements <laughs> and sure. let's uh, talk about what you just said about the mask and all the other um, ways that we can encourage the dream to and retention. So just uh, hold on. We're going up to a break. We'll be uh, right back with Craig Webb, the dream analyst here on The Conspiracy Show on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Exploring theories, uncovering facts and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are speaking with Craig Webb. His new book, The Dreams Behind the Music, he is the executive director of the nonprofit Dreams Foundation for 25 years, is a McGill University graduate with pioneering dream and lucid dream research at Stanford University and Montreal's Sacre Coeur Hospital. So, Craig, we were just about to jump into how you can encourage the dreams, um, 
create more of an environment where you can then retain the dream and then you can move forward and, and perhaps use it and to, um, in, in your daily life. So you were talking about earlier, we, we, we jumped, we, I jumped ahead. I went into supplements. <laughs> I went straight, straight for everybody's question. How can we do? And whereas no you've, you've already, you've already said, well, wait, like take a step back. You know, there is this other ways of, of encouraging the dream and, and promoting the dream and getting the dream to, to have more retention and more impact. So what were you saying earlier? You were mentioning something about this mask that you had, you had created. Well, I like that. Uh, I like that you mentioned it because it is a common thing. People say, "Hey, can I have the magic button?" <laughs> and uh, there's no judgment in that. But after over quite a while, because you know, I I definitely had that framework initially. Hey, where's the quick? Yeah. I want more. Yeah. I realized part of the joy, not just in dreams but in life, you know, is the journey and the slow self organic growth. To some experience, it's really in this case going to really change my identity. If I get some of these things quick and fast with some kind of special high-speed car, you know, watch out for the accidents. Kind of. <laughs> so there's something to be said about appreciating the journey, getting organic, and staying empowered, and then not throwing out all the amazing tools that we've developed in our culture for, I guess, you know, different types of supplements or technologies or anything else. Uh, you know, some of the Eastern traditions have very strong mind, mental, uh, maybe emotional techniques, so we borrow there too. And then each person will get their own inner guidance, uh, sort of, hey, this is working, or adjust this, or you have to heal this nightmare. That's kind of the stopper for all the other creative dreams. You're waiting to, you know, kind of clean up the backlog. So there'll be some personal variation. That's why I lead teleclasses, because everybody's journey is a bit different, even though it's universal. So I kind of moved mm-hmm. more towards the empowerment as I realized that the tools are great, but we want the person to really trust and love themselves and really know how to do this without any extras. And then it's something they can give away easily, and they, they're giving away empowerment and kind of making friends instead of just dependencies and things. So, to a few actual ones. Yes. Uh, certainly, there's some great recall tips uh, at dreamsbehindthemusic.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the book site, and uh, I believe there's also some a nightmare article there. It might be linked at the bottom. I'm not sure where they link it. But it talks about the value and then what to do with some of the common nightmares, like the chase dream. You ever had the chase dream, Aphrodite? Sure. <laughs> We've all been chased in our dreams, that's for sure. Uh, well, 81.5% of people have, yeah, <laughs> in one study of about 2,000. So let's say four out of five people remember having the chase dream. And then there's other worldwide themes across cultures. And then there's other more local or smaller amount themes, like about a third of people have had naked in public or scantily dressed, yeah. which is an interesting one. And so we can give quote-unquote, a little bit Betty Crocker responses, okay, here's a recurring dream worldwide or at least culture-wide. Here's a life lesson that it corresponds with. So, yes, you can stop the recurring nightmares of the chase. I can give an example. But more interestingly, you can solve the related and connected waking life scenario where you're probably having recurring daymares, but you haven't realized it yet, like a broken relationship or maybe a health problem or a lost job. And here's why your dreams are trying to help called a nightmare, but it's like the warning light on your car. Oops, engine out of whack, need an oil change, Mm. which is a lot less expensive than an engine meltdown or an accident 100 miles later, right? So if we catch the early warning, it's really good, and the nightmares usually come as a big gift like that, but we don't always honor how they and why they come. Not obvious. Somebody needs to tell us this, and I sort of learned it a bit the hard way, but I'm telling people, you know, listen, listen in. 
Wow. So the, the listening in, the tuning in, that's the part I think that that is the trickiest for all of us, right? Like you said, I like when you said the Betty Crocker version, you know, like, yeah, you're, you know, you're, um, <laughs> you're, 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 your teeth are falling out. That's a that's a typical dream yeah. that people have, and I know that's uh, the, that's a pretty that's a very common one. Yeah, I know that's the dream that Callum in in Denver is having. His teeth are falling out. So I said I I can answer that, right? Yeah, I can answer that. But I I'm not going to answer it because I have you. So because um, I'm going to give the Betty Crocker <laughs> answer, right? That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, so people well, enjoy sort of interpreting others' dreams. I think that's fair. We like to sort of guess and it's a game, and we connect with them more. And so nothing wrong with that. I have the history of seeing many thousands of dreamers, so that's a little bit more helpful because I can see the trends. But I don't have that right answer ever. You know, I'm always a student. I like to think. Uh, let's start with a little recall to get the doorway open, and then maybe we can go to specific dreams. Okay. At the end, let's talk with Bob Dylan connections uh, so that we, we answer your personal question there. But uh, let's get the door open. In other words, the Internet or inner dream connection is uh, if we kind of, as we wake up, keep all the other physical senses or keep all the physical senses lower. That means if we opened our eyes, just close our eyes, or ideally don't even open them at all. So keep the, the sight and the visual down. That really throws off sort of the dream, delicate dream frequencies in our brain. Uh, so ideally uh, we wake up to a very gentle kind of light and no alarm. Try to keep the audio down also. If we actually have to have an alarm to get to work on time or what have you, then just set an intention, like kind of like a body clock, I call it, to wake up 10 minutes before the alarm, the alarm, and then just remember dreams or wake up peacefully or whatever you like. And it works like a charm. Anybody tried it, they go, wow, I can wake up to the minute. And people are surprised. But yeah, the body has its own timing and it accepts suggestions. And so keeping the ears kind of, or the hearing low and mm-hmm. keeping the physical. And then probably the biggest is don't move. Or if you moved, actually roll back to the same exact position. Perfect. Back Hold it right there. Don't move, out. Craig, because we're going to a break. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. We'll be right back with Craig Webb, our dream analyst, and his new book, Dreams Behind the Music. And we'll continue right after this break. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. From Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416 360 0740 or toll free at 1 866 740 4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Yes, it is. It is The Conspiracy Show. But it's not with Richard Serrett. It's with the mighty Aphrodite. He's left me alone here with the keys to the store. And, but I do have willpower, which I always wish I really did have willpower. And I have Albert... And it's nice and cozy, and the lights are back on, and nothing's flickering and being weird in here, except maybe me. (laughs) I'm being a little strange this evening. But I do have comfort in the fact that I have Craig on the other line, and he's walking us through our dream recall tips at this point in the show. And if you'd like to call, please do. Um, He's going to take, if we can, take a few calls before we um, wrap it up for the evening. I know Richard's uh, on his way home from the Zombies concert, uh, and he's... um, enjoying himself with the boys' night out. 
The number to reach us at is 416-360-0740. And toll-free from just about anywhere is 1-866-740-4740. Now, Greg, I know that we were at the Dream Call Tips. I think we're at number three, and you were saying, don't move. Stay still. Uh, yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Also, while you're, <laughs> while you're in the bed, stay tuned to Dream Channel also. So, yes, that helps a lot. And if you did roll over, just move back to that same position. And then, and then there's more tips. Reel it in like a fish and ideally record it. Uh, if you have some kind of writing implement, great. They actually sell so the journaling the foundation that light up. Mm-hmm. They don't have to turn on the room light. Mm-hmm. But uh, a voice recorder can work as long as you copy it later. So like most cell phones have voice recorder function. But somehow make a thing because if you tell yourself, oh, I'll remember, unfortunately you might lose some real gems. So you got to watch out for that little inner demon who wants to like throw away all your wings, all your games. Yeah, that, I totally. Uh, and then once it's uh, logged, you can you can make it uh, you can make your choices later about what it wants. But try to log it first. You know what I find too. Like, I mean, I, those are all true. My goodness, you were, you you said it perfectly. Of all the experiences, like the moment you move, or the moment you turn the light on, or the moment you flinch, it just can. It just just poof. It just goes away. It just. You, know, you can see it getting further and further and further away. And you're like, no, come back. I, I wanted to explore that a little bit more. But it's it's gone. And I've, I've, I've had that sensation too. And when you then you try to recall bits of it, and you try to tell a friend or whomever, then you can say, mm-hmm. well, I know how I felt in it. I know that I was okay. I know that I was safe. But it was, but it was still kind of scary because I was being chased. But I didn't feel – so you kind of lose all those – all the details, but you, you're left behind with your, the sensation that you get. That's how I, I never get to recall in full. Well, you'd be pretty surprised. People have very different styles of dreaming, styles like, I guess, in life of learning too, like kinesthetic, visual, auditory. So the same for their whole dreaming and their recall, and there's so many variations. For you, it's more feeling, and that's good because that's usually the important part. Some people really remember, like, smell which is a bit rare, mm. or they just have the song playing when they wake up. That's me. I often have that. I get music a few times a week, so I better get on the writing, the creative writing here. Uh, but uh, it's different for, for each person. But we will say that it's a little more delicate than waking memories most of the time. So just kind of gently invite them and think of it as kind of like a mental muscle. If you work it out a little bit and you really try to record and tell and act on dreams, maybe paint them or turn them into some creation oh, or yeah. turn them into an invention or a business choice, then uh, they'll come more and they'll come stronger. No kidding. Well, I know you also speak about premonitions, dreams, uh, that t- those type of dreams. Um, and I know that in, yeah. in your book you mention it a lot too. Uh, so can you offer um, some really cool stories you have of the famous artists who experienced those, and then, and then we can explore them on our own, like personally, after? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. uh, there's, there's a lot of premonitions mentioned in there. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole chapter of yes. who dreamt ahead. Uh, what to pick? Well, I'll pick one that might not obviously seem like a premonition, but I sort of believe that it is in an invisible way. Like uh, Bono, who dreamt of our, our friend here, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Orbison, and recorded the song with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably that was a premonition of a beautiful future of him working with a colleague that he always admired but had never met. And it came through, and it helped that it was kind of, a, in a way, a premonition of a bright future that synchronicity or maybe grace helped with. But he also dreamt of a song that rescue me, or love rescue me. Woke up in the early morning in Malibu on the Joshua Tree tour mm-hmm. quite a while ago, and he goes, "Wow, that's new lyrics. Sounds very like Bob Dylan." Oh. Jotted down the words, went back to sleep, and when he got up, he goes, wow, I, 
I should call him up. So he didn't have his number. I never met him, but he called him up and went over to his house uh, that afternoon in Malibu and helped him. Uh, they put together a song that both of them now play in concert, but at the time, uh, Dylan, uh, although he recorded a lead vocal, he said, I better not use it because I'm with the Traveling Wilburys and have legal stuff. And, but they started a collaboration that's now like uh, still ongoing friendship. So a premonition of a bright future as an artist. And for other people, they probably have interesting premonitions. Maybe not as serious as John Lennon about his murder, but there's been life and death premonitions, quite a number. If you want, we can give one uh, before we go, but maybe take a call or two. We could. Um, I, I totally invite everyone who's listening to call in, please. I, what I would like to do first, actually, is answer the one from Callum about his teeth falling out. Could you oh, yeah, right. give him something like that? Can you give him a little... Okay, well, teeth falling out is actually one of the most uh, I don't know what the exact word is, but multi-level, maybe multi-dimensional. Uh, that's a pretty universal theme. Not everybody has it. There's a lot of variations, and the variations seem to be fairly important for what it corresponds with and what the gift and lesson is, in other words, what it wants. <laughs> so variations are crumbling glass in my mouth, and uh, or there's blood along with teeth falling out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, I have no teeth, or there's a slight variation, can't speak, no sound coming out, which may or may not be the same dream, but sometimes they sort of bridge. Or there's just like teeth flying out, but no blood. And so some of these are important. Uh, I'll just say worldwide in many traditions, because I've had the good fortune to travel and speak in many countries, uh, it is kind of uh, not an old wives' tale, but you know, a spiritual tradition, I guess, from the elders or maybe the early tribes and shamans, that a dream of teeth falling out often corresponds with someone to leave the earth soon, someone close, usually a loved one. And I've actually seen quite a few, you know, not statistical maybe, but over time, a lot of anecdotal cases where that is indeed true. So maybe the the big lesson seems to be letting go mm. of, in this case, I guess, the physical form of somebody as their teeth fall out of their body and they pass on. But usually the more personal form is letting go emotionally, because even in our life, we let go of our teeth as we move from a child into adulthood, right? Change, sure. I guess, grown up and wisdom teeth. And then sometimes it's like holding on, like a dog holding on to thing. We just need to kind of grieve or let go of something, and uh, that can be helpful. Uh, People, there's a physical level to that one, sometimes find that they're actually grinding their teeth at Mm -hmm. night, and it's really just letting go of worries and concerns. In other words, it's a stress dream, but it's manifesting as grinding teeth. So they're not necessarily different, but they look a little different. Like, you know, all colors are light, but each color looks different, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I, I my when I I know Richard actually dreamt about his teeth falling out many times. Hey guys, has he ever told you that one about his teeth falling out? Well, and what we understand is that it was because um it's something that you're not saying. Like you're not you're holding something back that you need to speak your mind. You need to That's how I was oh, have always interpreted the teeth falling out. But in this case. Yeah, and usually the day before the dream, there's going to be an emotional thing that we didn't process that gives a pretty strong hint. So the, the day before. I've seen that more correspond with teeth flying out. Oh. In other words, they didn't quite say what wants to be said, and that's slightly different than crumbling glass inside mouth. You know? But mm. it could tie into can't speak, can't get my truth out, and as a radio announcer, that seems like a natural fit. I've often seen that, you know, sort of dead air. Can't find the words. Find the <laughs> That's right. Line. The worst possible sort situation, of our worst right? Your manifest when we can't like say what we wanted. To. <laughs>
So not a big surprise for dear Richard, who I remember and having some terrific shows with him about nine years ago. So please say a warm hello. I will. I know he'll be delighted to speak with you again, I'm sure. And uh, as I am having a great time talking with you as well. Um, I, I often have dreams of dead people. I know it sounds like a line out of a movie, but I tell okay. you it's the truth. And my dad has passed now. It'll be seven years. And when he, was, when he first passed away, it was nothing. And then it was a year later that I started having these wild dreams of my dad. And, and I mean, in every, I mean, wild. I mean, like he was going to come out and kill me. And there was like, he was hunting me and he was like coming after me. And I'm like, you know, you wake up and you're like yeah. terrified. Um, and then uh, my mother's like, oh my God, we have to light a candle for your father. You know, go light a candle for your dad. <laughs> Make him, because he's, he's, you know, he's active. So, and I don't, you know, I don't know yeah. if I believe that. I don't know what that is. Um, what does the dream, what is the dream asking of me? Like, I'm not that I have that question, you put it in my head. And now I'm thinking, what? is the dream asking of me is it is it something that i need to is it like a father-daughter relationship situation or something i don't know what it is but it was constant like it was it wasn't the same dream repeating craig it was just him he was the he was the yeah. common denominator well, same repeating theme okay which is pretty important right okay at least a similar scenario that wasn't super peaceful loving like hey i'm back you know and looking young and giving you advice right right it wasn't that. So, it wasn't a repeating that. repeating theme of kind of sort of zombie, which is interesting considering where your husband just went to the concert tonight, but he won't go there. <laughs> I know. Kind of awakening <laughs> synchronicity to zombies. Uh, let's just say that there's some stats on these things. So there is a time window of about somewhere around 9 to 12 months. This is like researched over many people where the deceased don't, aren't easily, can't easily contact the living after they graduate. I think of it as they're sort of moving to the next level. Let them get established before they can come back and visit them. And so that, and then the first, or the dreams during that time, or some of the first dreams might still be dismembered body parts. It depends. It might be reflecting to us, what do we actually believe about what happens after we die? Because our beliefs start to play pretty serious stuff in the subjective realm. Like, have you seen that movie, What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams? Mm, that no. gives uh, some good examples. No, I never okay, did see so that. That's one. your home. I usually call it home play instead of homework. You got to watch that movie, <laughs> okay. and it'll kind of show some of the beliefs and how they affect the story. Because he's in a really positive, and he has flames and colors, and meets his guide. And the, his wife is very dark and negative, and she gets stuck in hell, and he has to go save her. And so, our subjective ideas about it can really affect uh, the visits, and sometimes even just longing and a strong love, wishing to reconnect, and sort of block just a natural, peaceful invitation. Hey, yeah, come visit. So there's some subtle principles there. But I would say at around 12 months, it's starting to open the channel for reconnecting if you wanted. So my mother's right. If you have a peacefulness, and does it freak you out if your dad would come in a dream? Like, Is that something you'd love, or how do you think about that? I, well, the experiences that I had with him in my dream were not, to me, positive. They were, they were terrifying. I thought he was going to hurt me in them and you know my father never hurt me so i they were they were so opposite of what i would expect a connection with him to be you know and i think that that just right. really confused me and i'm grateful that they don't come back but i guess my mom was right she was like well he's because like you just said it, right? it was about a year later that he started appearing uh to me so yeah. or I, that you can kind of tune to the beliefs like it gets pretty personal pretty fast but Perhaps some of the ways of what you think happens after that limit a little bit what he can say or how he can come until we face fears of, you know, conspiracy, ghosts, hunters, and all the things we talk about. 
Actually, it's just like, you know, another level of Skype when they come to visit. I love that. I love that. Then they're I'm, a little more open. Craig, I'm going to quote you on that. That's a brilliant way. I love that when you say that. Skype. You're very welcome. Yep, your inner Skype. I hope so, too. Okay, so where can listeners find your book? Uh, dreamsbehindthemusic.com uh, for the book. Lots of great tips. And in the book, Lucid Dreaming, Nightmares, and Teleclasses are linked on there. So if people want to go deeper, please please contact us. Right, and that's a way that they can uh, better learn to cultivate and understand and harvest, as you say, their own dreams. I'm quoting you now. <laughs> so reach yeah, out to yeah, Craig like a team Webb. journey. So it's kind of a fun group. Everybody learns together lots of psychic dreams, but it really helps when we have a team. Wonderful. Wonderful to hear from you. Um, thank you for all your work. I mean, this is incredible, the, all these hours and hours that you poured, you dedicated your life to. We appreciate it. Um, uh, I appreciate you being here with me tonight and keeping me company and keeping company all the people that are listening tonight. Absolutely. It's wonderful to hear from you. Uh, this is The Conspiracy Show. It's time to say goodnight. I know Richard at this point says something very, you know, mystical and magical and something really cool. But I'll just say thank you. And I don't know why he asked, he says thank you for your ears. I mean, I get it, but wait, I'm going to pick another body part. I'm going to say, you know, thank you for your brain. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for letting me into your room, your bedroom, your kitchen, your basement, wherever you're listening from right now. So thank you very much for letting me in and letting Albert and, and Will and I participate in your evening. And, um, well, move over, Richard Serrett, because I'm coming home. Thank you so much. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.